Sitter Snippet Series is sponsored by the Saka family in memory of Joseph Saka's 50th year at site. We, uh, last night we concluded to be careful, vigilant after after we're full, we're satisfied, we're satiated, we run the great risk of believing that uh, we are the source of our sustenance, we are the source of our success. And then our heart will stray. We spoke, uh, the uh, Nitziv said, is from we are seduced when we see the sur- superficial beauty, when we fail to see the depth, the panemius, when we don't see what's inside, when the beauty does not yishkon ba'alei shame. We subscribe to beauty and the aesthetic. It has a place, we appreciate it, within the tent of shame. It has to fit under the umbrella of Torah and of Yiddishkeit. But if we begin to worship it on its own, like the Greeks, like the story of Hanukkah, then it is our failure, it's our demise. Pen and when that happens, without the yishkon ba'alei shame, then v'sartem, we abandoned Torah, v'avatem Elohim acherim. Last night we spoke about why our other gods called Elohim. We spoke about the Nefesh Chaim last night. And then we bow down, then we bow down to them. means We actually prostrate ourselves on the ground, spread out our hands and legs, and it is the most intense or descriptive form of bowing, submitting, deferring, to a false god. There is a evolution, there's a development that happens here in this Pasuk. It begins with four stages. It begins, Pitoi Halev, Yifteh, we see the surface, we're attracted to the beauty, our drive, our distraction, our temptation. Turns into, Visartem, Hasara, we abandon Torah, it's supposed to be our anchor, our compass. We give it up and then we can get lost. Then, Elohim Achirim, we see other powers, we see other sources of power, success. And then finally, then we bow down. So it doesn't happen overnight, it happens incrementally in four stages. We're the very same person who a moment ago was Shamoa Tishmu, the person who was listening to Hashem, Kol the person who was, the Orachayim, the double language, Shamoa Tishmu. Again, not only hearing the surface, but hearing the depths, the panemius, getting into the kishkas of what Torah and mitzvos are really all about. So the person who a moment ago was living an elevated, enriched Yiddishkeit, is now all of a sudden on the ground, stretched out, bowing down? The answer is it doesn't happen overnight. It happens, this is the methodology of the Yetzirah, that it distracts us. The Yetzirah gets us to see the beauty, the superficial, the surface. The Yetzirah visartem, gives up on Torah. A day, a couple days, a couple weeks, no minion, no Torah learning, and the next thing you know, we're vulnerable, we're susceptible, and that's when the Yetzirah can strike, and that's when Elohim Acherim, Ooh, we start serving and worshiping other things, money, fame, power, and uh, influencers, and then and then finally at the end, we find ourselves in that position. The next passage says, and if or when that happens, if we become too satisfied, we become too egotistical, too egocentric, and then we worship and serve others, God gets pretty disappointed with us. Not only disappointed, we describe the Rebbe Shalom as getting angry. He's angry. Of course, this is an anthropomorphism. Hashem, the Almighty, is perfect. He's above emotion. He doesn't regulate emotion. He has no emotion. He is the, uh, the essence of no emotion. He is the Rebun the Melech Malchei HaMelochem. He's beyond our description. So we are employing an anthropomorphism. We're using a human, a familiar concept of anger to describe how Hashem reacts. V'chara af Hashem bachem in us. V'yatsar Hashem. What does he do when he gets angry? Hashem doesn't get angry. 
he gets even. So the same rain that we were promised will fall and will sustain us. We even talk in our vernacular today. If somebody's bringing in business, somebody's doing well and killing it, they're making it rain. Somebody brings in customers, somebody's bringing in business, they're making it rain. Kodesh Baruch is the one who makes it rain. And when he gets angry or frustrated, when he becomes disappointed, then Viatsar is Hashemayim. There's a hard stop. He turns off the spigot. Viatsar. There is no rain. No rain from the heavens to water the farm, and no rain in the bank account to water our lives. And the earth will not produce its produce. And not only is there no rain, not only do we live in a land which is barren and which is not producing, but if we have disappointed Hashem, if we failed to live up to the expectation of us, then the land vomits us out. This is a special land. It's a unique land. There's no land outside of Israel that the land has emotion, where the land has a response to the moral or the corruption on it. But the land of Eretz Yisrael is a unique, special land. It's a holy land. It's a land with a spiritual sensitivity. And the land can't tolerate people who are corrupt. So when we abandon Hashem, when we live with wrong values, v'avatem mehira, then the land is going to Hashem no lachem. So we said earlier, we described what will fall, minasati mitar artzachem. We said it should have said mitar bi'artzachem. Why mitar artzachem? So if you recall a few weeks ago, we explained, because it's no ordinary rain. This is the rain of Eretz Yisrael. This is a land that Hashem's eyes are on from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. The land is not irrigated from the Nile. The land is not irrigated from any other source. The land depends solely and exclusively on Hashem. So therefore it promotes and reinforces a relationship with Hashem. So when we do the right thing, Hashem reveals himself, so to say, by responding with rain. Mitar artzachem, not mitar artzachem, not the rain in your land, but the unique rain of the land of Israel. And when we fail, then ve'atzar sashamayim velo matar. That same extraordinary supernatural rain, now it doesn't fall. And instead of it falling, ve'avatem mehira, now we are exiled from the land beyond having no rain. No rain. The Rambam in Moranavuchim, we'll end with this. The Rambam in Moranavuchim points out that the language of chara af Hashem, which we'll talk more about, Chara'af. What does it mean, Chara'af? We describe Hashem as anger, as his nostrils flaring. Chara'af. Why is anger in the nose? Most people get angry with their mouth, with their hands. They get angry with steam coming out of their ears. Why the nose? Kodesh Baruch Hu is appeased. Reach nichawach. The karbonos produce a pleasant, pleasant aroma or fragrance. Hashem is appeased through his nose. And anger is depicted as coming through his nose or through his nostrils. Why Charon Af will talk more about. But the Ramam in Maranavuchim says, the only place in the Torah where Hashem's anger is described using the words V'chara Af is when it comes to idolatry. Because when it comes to idolatry, Hashem only has Midas Hadin. There's no Rachamim. When we abandon Him, when we are disloyal to Him, when we essentially cheat on Him and turn to others instead of Him, that act of disloyalty is such a violation that a Kodesh Baruch Chara'af, that that language is reserved specifically for that situation. There's no rachamim, there's no compassion, there's no patience, there's only din. That's how Hashem feels, Kivi and that's how Hashem reacts in that circumstance. We'll continue Chara'af, Mirza Shem tomorrow.